Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Saskag Today. Coming up on today's program, it was a different week, but the same trend for canola and wheat futures. We'll hear from PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Piccolo about the markets. Also on Monday, retired Yorkton agronomist Tom Weir outlined his recommendations when it comes to fall fertilizer applications, specifically nitrogen. Today, he talks about phosphate, potash, and sulfur fertilizers. And a new name and a very large donation for an organization providing health screenings and other services in rural Saskatchewan. We'll hear about the Centre for Agricultural Medicine changing its name now to the Canadian Centre for Rural and Agricultural Health. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of Saskang Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, it's mainly sunny here in the Yorkton area. It looks like a pretty nice day out there, but our temperatures are still on the cool side. Yeah, it hasn't been in a big hurry to warm up, but it is uh, still nice. And I think if it doesn't warm up much more, it's an average day. But it will, so it's an above average day. Uh, the wind has also been very light, and that's part of why we hadn't warmed yet. Part of the warming, uh, in addition to the fact that it's a pretty warm air mass, is going to be the mixing of the air through the through the wind picking up. And as the wind increases, we'll see the temperature come up a little more for the afternoon. Very close to 20, in fact, through this uh, afternoon. For tonight, the minimal cloud cover that we have in place now continues to be the case. A partly cloudy sky for tonight will drop back to around 6. Not out of the question at all that some areas get us a bit cooler. 3, 4 degrees, but on the average, 6 will do it. And for tomorrow, we'll be partly sunny. We'll start to watch, though, for some clouds to gradually mix in. Uh, there's not a lot of of a threat for significant rainfall just yet. But there could be a quick shot of some measurable rainfall during the later part of the day tomorrow into the evening hours. Those spotty showers, just basically moderate to heavy, but not everybody gets them. 19 is the high tomorrow. I'm actually starting to rethink 19, but at least it's the upper teens. Some areas that uh, don't get into the showers uh, a little farther east will still be uh, getting close to that 19 mark. For tomorrow night, spotty showers with a low down to 11, and the chance for isolated showers continues into Sunday. Sunday, even less of a threat for those measurable showers. Daytime uh, is mostly dry, 
but watching mid to late afternoon for those spotty showers to break out. 16 is the high on Sunday, a little more confident in that number uh, because the cloud covers are on. It's still a variable sky, though. Maybe you get that variable sky with a warm air mass. You get those spots where the sun comes out just for a little while. The temperature can jump up a few degrees. That's why I think we'll actually end up with a pretty variable uh, range of temperatures across a small area for both Saturday and Sunday, but more so Saturday. The shower threat increases uh, for Saturday, excuse me, Sunday night into Monday. The risk is there for some heavy showers, in fact, through the afternoon on Monday as a storm system, which is going to end up being a slow mover because it's caught up in, in a general block pattern. High pressure is really strengthening over the Great Lakes over the course of this weekend, so a storm to the south will have a chance to really organize and develop and lift northeastward. That northeast track will bring it maybe across the southeastern corner of Saskatchewan, mostly, though, across southern Manitoba. Close enough either way for this rainfall, and especially as the center of that storm passes, there's a secondary upper low behind it, and that, would, uh, that is what fires up the heavier rainfall for, for Monday afternoon. Temperature at 16. It's a cooler air mass, but it's not a cold air mass because the cold air is stuck with that high pressure blocking it to the north, too. Sometimes a block can be a good thing. It's just when you get caught in the rain, it's not. The good news is the rain will move just enough to clear us out on Tuesday after a few lingering showers in the morning. We'll turn partly sunny with a high of 17. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw is at 12 degrees. Swan River, 15, Dauphin and Show Lake Russell, 18, Brandon, 19, Roblin, 16. Regina, Saskatoon, and Hudson Bay are all reporting in at 15 degrees, Broadview, Mooseman, 21, Indian Head, 20, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 17. The Yorkton-Melville region has a sunny sky, an east wind at 8 kilometers an hour. 61% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 16 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of 21 degrees and dropped to a low of 10 degrees. There was 0.8 millimeters of rain that fell in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is 14 degrees. The normal low is 2 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 647 this morning, and it will set at 632 tonight. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday. The Manitoba hot spot was Melita at 23 degrees. The cold spot was a tie between Clear Lake and Grand Rapids. They both got down to plus 5 degrees. The Saskatchewan hotspot yesterday was Yellowgrass at 22 degrees. The cold spot was Key Lake, which got down to plus 1 degree. And that's a look at your agriculture weather. Please stay tuned. Saskag today will continue right after these messages. Beef and Forage Report. Many livestock producers are already thinking about their winter feeding program. Dwayne Summick, the Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Outlook, tells us what to take into consideration. Planning your winter feeding program early in the season allows for the most effective use of limited resources. Knowing feed quality is best accomplished through feed testing. Generating a representative sample requires taking enough subsamples and thoroughly mixing. 
With feed that is being unloaded off a truck and into a bin, this is accomplished by collecting small amounts of grain or pellets as they flow into the auger. Bales are best sampled using a forage sampler. At least 20 bales should be sampled to represent a forage lot. Each type or lot of forage should be sampled separately. The grass hay from the North 40 should be stored and sampled separately from the alfalfa hay from the home quarter. An accurate feed inventory is required to establish a feeding program. Counting bales is useful but assumptions about bale weight are often made. Establishing actual weight by hauling a few loads across a scale can be beneficial. For example, if the assumption is that 100 bales weigh 1,400 pounds each, the total weight is 140,000 pounds. If the actual weight of the bales is 120,000 pounds, then it's like 14 bales disappeared. Once feed quality and quantity have been established, the data can be entered into a ration balancing program such as CalBytes, which is available to order from the Beef Cattle Research Council. Use of ration balancing software allows the user to run various scenarios to identify how to use the resources best. Do I have enough good hay to feed the cow herd during lactation and develop extra heifers for breeding? Estimating how much feed is going to be used over the course of the feeding period can identify potential shortfalls well in advance, allowing a plan to make up the balance simpler to implement. For example, if you are going to be short 50 bales of hay, it may be easier or even more cost effective to purchase a load of grain to add to the ration during the coldest portion of the winter. Assistance in developing a winter feeding program or in using cow bites may be obtained by contacting your local Ministry of Agriculture Regional Services Office or the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. GX94, Agri-Review. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt has proclaimed October 1st to the 7th as Animal Health Week in Saskatchewan. The week recognizes the high level of care ranchers provide to their livestock, the veterinarian-client relationships that inform animal care decisions, and the links between human and animal health and the environment. Animal Health Week has been an annual event for more than 30 years, proclaimed nationally by the Canadian Veterinary Medical Association and supported by the Saskatchewan Veterinary Medical Association. This year's national theme is It Takes a Team to Protect Your Animal's Health and You. This year's theme recognizes all veterinary professionals, from technicians and assistants to office managers and administrative staff, and the work they do. Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence McCauley has announced the launch of the new Dairy Innovation and Investment Fund. With an investment of up to $333 million over the next 10 years, the fund will help the Canadian dairy sector increase its competitiveness and adapt to new market realities. 
The fund is part of the Government of Canada's commitment to support supply-managed sectors for the impacts of the Canada-United States-Mexico Agreement, or Kuzma. Like most dairy-producing countries, Canada is facing a growing surplus of solids non-fat, or SNF, the remaining component once cow's milk is processed and the fat is removed for use in products like butter and cream. Through the Dairy Innovation and Investment Fund, Canadian dairy processors will have access to support for medium to large-scale projects that will help the sector better manage the surplus of SNF in Canada. U.S. grain handler Schooler is stepping up its Canadian prairie flax processing game as it completes its exit from the region's pulse crop sector. The company last year opened up a high-speed flax line at its pulse and special crop site at Richardson, Saskatchewan, just southeast of Regina. And it has now moved to focus 100% on flax at that site and completed a list of upgrades to that effect. Schooler announced September 7th it now has three processing lines at Richardson dedicated to flax, effectively doubling its capacity, and has boosted its flax-specific storage there to 280,000 bushels. The upgrades also include new state-of-the-art equipment that enables the site to meet the highest level of food safety standards. The plant is Global Food Safety Initiative certified, benchmark to the FSSC 22000 standard and also holds organic certification. Global positioning tech firm Trimble is set to sell its precision ag business into a new joint venture company that will include farm machinery maker Agco's made in Manitoba autonomy arm. From a farmer's perspective, The two companies say their combined technology offering is expected to offer seamless integration and connectivity across geographies, equipment brands, and the crop life cycle. The structure of the deal announced yesterday will see Trimble receive $2 billion U.S. cash and a 15% share in the new joint venture for total pre-tax value of about $3 billion U.S. accrued to that company. Agco, whose machinery brands include Massey Ferguson, Fent, Challenger and Valtra, contributes its GCA Technologies business to the new joint venture and will hold the 85% majority stake. Poland's agriculture minister says talks with Ukraine are on track as the two countries try to resolve a dispute about a ban imposed by Warsaw on Polish grain imports. Warsaw and Kyiv are allies, but relations have soured since Poland, Hungary and Slovakia decided to extend a ban that was introduced to protect farmers from a surge in grain and food imports from Ukraine after Russia's invasion last year. Ukraine's proposal involves the introduction of export licenses for corn, rapeseed, sunflower seed and wheat destined for export to five neighboring countries in Central Europe that are members of the European Union. Under the proposal, Ukraine would agree on the list and volume of products with importing countries, which would determine whether they are ready to accept these goods. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Please stay tuned. SaskAg Today will return right after these messages. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and 16 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. 
I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. A different week, but the same trend for canola and wheat futures. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Piccolo says the November canola contract was down by $8 a metric ton this week to $714. It does seem like that 700 level could be in sight at some point. Uh, When looking at the soy markets, we are kind of trading right at the lower end of the ranges on soybeans and and soybean oil. Uh, It doesn't seem like there has been any really bullish news as of kind of right now. I'm seeing the USDA kind of revising some of their numbers and, you know, maybe taking away from any bullish news potentially on the soybean side, which uh, is, I believe, spilling over to canola a little bit as well. However, I have started to hear uh, from producers maybe that uh, harvest pressure starting to subside a little bit here. But overall, I am hearing too from clients that canola is a little bit better than, than they thought kind of throughout the prairies, especially given kind of the, the poor weather that we have had kind of this year. Pacallo says the downward trend for December Minneapolis wheat continued as well, as it was down 27 cents a bushel, to around $7.45 this week. So that's kind of making new lows on that contract. Uh, Again, today there is a a stocks report and wheat production numbers from USDA. So that's, I would say, something that's definitely going to be kind of a market mover um, at 11 central time and might set the tone, I would say, for for the kind of the coming kind of weeks and, and month as well, too. But he says he doesn't put much expectations on USDA reports before they're released. I always tell clients that it's a bit of a coin flip when it comes to USDA days. So I, I don't really like to say kind of one way or the other. Uh, you know, when looking at other markets, outside markets, though, U.S. dollar is down here today, kind of looking like it is kind of at that top end of the range. Uh, so that should help support, you know, a grain kind of U.S. prices kind of going forward, um, as well as any energy prices. WTI oil is stronger. So that should be, you know, a little bit more supportive as well for grains. Adam Piccolo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial in Winnipeg. It's time now for the livestock market conditions and their presentation of Heartland Livestock in Verdon. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for October closed at 184.20 today. That's down 230. December live cattle closed at 187.92, down 250. October feeder cattle closed at 252.47, down 225. November feeder cattle closed at 254.90, down 277. October lean hogs closed at 80.20, down 3.75. December lean hogs closed at 71.77, also down 3.75. And that's the livestock market conditions. On Monday, retired Yorkton agronomist Tom Weir outlined his recommendations when it comes to fall fertilizer applications, specifically nitrogen. 
Today, he talks about phosphate, potash, and sulfur fertilizers. So if we start with pea or phosphate, phosphate applications uh, work well. If, if a grower has decided he either can't put all his product on or doesn't want to put it all on in the, at seeding time, cut back his rate of, at seeding a little bit, he can dual band it. works very well with, with pea, putting it with urea, say, and, and banding it uh, in the ground. The one thing about phosphate is we want to avoid broadcasting it. It's only about 25% as effective broadcast as it is banded. So we want to see growers band the, the phosphate. So, and it does the two common products. We have MAP or MAP, uh, monomonium phosphate, or liquid polyphosphate 1034. Either one of those work well banded. I guess the uh, caveat to 1034 is if you want to dual band it, you're going to be putting it on with UAN or 2800, and that product is not recommended for fall applications because it is a a good portion of its nitrate, and nitrates, uh, as we discussed in the previous discussion on nitrogen, we want to stay away from nitrates in the soil because they're susceptible to loss. So if we move then to potash or K, yeah, we've, uh, it works well in the fall too. It can be, it's a product that can be broadcast, although probably a broadcast in it every year isn't uh, desired because you may get stratification of the, of the nutrient. But uh, I've known growers that have uh, applied potash and elemental sulfur for a number of years, and I really haven't seen any yield penalty that they've paid for it and they no-till a couple of growers doing that so that is a a way of putting on k if you want to get it out of your seed roll product uh, it is it does have some uh, seed toxicity and it also has some issues with wear and in the uh, on the air seeder hose or air drill hoses it may be uh, applied in the fall no issue and finally s or sulfur now there's uh Various forms of, of sulfur, um, products like uh, elemental sulfur, uh, 0090 or, or 0095, they actually probably work best if, if applied in the fall broadcast and left on the soil surface. No incorporation at all. So if you're using elemental, that, that's a real good way of, of putting it on the actual uh, granules get a chance to to break apart and dissipate into the soil. Twenty zero zero twenty four uh, ammonium sulfate uh, can also be applied in the fall. It's a pretty forgiving product. Uh, it could be broadcast. It can be put in a band. Um, it's it's actually quite forgiving. Although again, avoiding areas that are going to be flooded uh, is probably the recommendation on it. And uh, a product like. Amados, which is a urea sulfur blend. It can be broadcast uh, as long as uh, urease inhibitor might be considered, but uh, ideally put it, getting it in the ground a little bit uh, or banding it uh, works well too. So, so sulfur products, yeah, definitely uh, options available to put, put it on in the fall. That's Tom Weir. He's a retired agronomist based in Yorkton. Please stay tuned. Saskag Today will resume right after these messages. Welcome back to Saskag Today. 
A new name and a very large donation for an organization providing health screenings and other services in rural Saskatchewan. The Centre for Agricultural Medicine was first established at the University of Saskatchewan in 1986 with a special focus on agricultural environmental exposures and lung health. It's now known as the Canadian Centre for Rural and Agricultural Health with the word rural being added in June. Earlier this week, there was an announcement of a $1.5 million donation to the centre. The anonymous donor will be used to develop a mobile unit that will be exclusively used by the centre to continue its work in rural areas through Agricultural Health and Safety Network. We learn more about the donation and the mobile unit in this interview with centre director Dr. Shelley Kerchuk and Kendra Ulmer, the manager of the Agricultural Health and Safety Network. We begin with Dr. Kerchuk and how the $1.5 million donation occurred. The university is in a campaign right now. We launched it in April and our centre is part of the university's campaign. So we do have a strategy and are out there talking about who we are, what we do and where we really see a need for support. And uh, we explained our needs to this donor and this donor found their fit uh, in this mobile unit. And I think what's also unique about this donation is that it not only equips, but it operationalizes. That means mm-hmm. there's that operational support so that we have additional resources to get our boots on the ground to be out there in the rural areas. And that, to us as a centre, is foundational to making the real impact. It's not just about the mobile unit, it's about having the personnel to run that mobile unit. She outlines what the additional money will be used for. So we're still to working on the budget with the donor and with our partners to figure out what percentage we'll utilize on equipment. We're traveling mostly in the winter, given uh, farmers are busy other times of the year. And right now, still working out how that balance is going to happen and maybe hoping that this spurs on other donors to really want to operationalize it or find ways to contribute to what this might look like. Kendra Ulmer then joined in. Um, just building on what Shelley had said is that as we work through that budget and building on programs that already exist within the centre and working with our partners to identify the needs of what needs to be in this mobile unit, it's hoped that it'll really increase our capacity and our reach and our visibility in rural Saskatchewan. Dr. Kirchhoff comments on the name change. It's not a big change in the name, but really one word but it's a big change in the name we went from the canadian center for health and safety and agriculture to the canadian center for rural and agricultural health and it's not like we're not decreasing our concentration and focus on agriculture but we really wanted to remind ourselves and our partners that we do work in the rural space we do lots in rural outside of agriculture and the reason for our open house today and the name change was We're surprised to many that we've been around for 38 years and we don't want that to be a surprise. We don't want to be the who's in Horton, here's the who, just quietly going about our business. We need to make some noise to let rural Saskatchewan residents 
and our partners know that we're here and what we're doing. And this uh, mobile unit and this name change really is that opportunity for us to say we're here, we're here, we're here, we're supporting rural Saskatchewan. We've been doing it for 38 years. We've been partnered with Saskatchewan Association for Rural Municipalities and, uh, and individual rural municipalities for 35 years. And we just want it to be known that we're here, we're here, we're here, we're supporting rural Saskatchewan. We want to support rural Saskatchewan and uh, we want to be visible and, and out there. Ulmer then outlines what kinds of services they've been providing. I'll just kind of focus on the Agriculture Health and Safety Network, which is our knowledge mobilization vehicle, per se, to get um, the current research out to our farm families and likewise to get their experiences to inform research. So the network really focuses on providing farm families with farm safety and rural health information, health screening services, education and training with our ultimate goal of reducing injury and illness related to agriculture production. And I've been fortunate the last 20 years to be involved with our one-to-one health clinics in which um, we deliver health screening at the RM level um, in the rural communities um, where farm families and agriculture workers can meet with a registered nurse to have a variety of screening services completed and talk about their exposures, their work environment, and offer resources that exist within the province and Canada. This has been happening and in terms of loading up a university van with equipment and uh, making our way all throughout rural Saskatchewan during the times of the season when farmers are available and this is just a really exciting next step in terms of increasing our capacity and having a a dedicated unit that will help increase our one-to-one health clinics and beyond so we're really excited about this opportunity. She then talks about the health services they offer right now and what they hope to offer in the future. The sky's the limit. I'm really looking forward to um, hearing from our partners and other researchers in terms of the various screenings that could be included in this mobile unit. Right now, our our current focus is on respiratory health and hearing health through the one-to-one health clinic. So getting your lungs tested and hearing tested but um, address a variety of of health concerns that do come up. Um, Even as, I want to say it's simple, but one of the exclusion criteria for doing lung function testing is um, measuring of uh, blood pressure. And often some people haven't had their blood pressure checked in in many years or not followed up with an annual physical. And we have that opportunity to do that screening and talk about the importance of managing that. And I often use the scenario of the importance of preventive maintenance on our equipment and how important that is to do as as farmers too in terms of keeping ourselves safe and healthy. Dr. Shelley Kerchuk is the director of the Canadian Centre for Rural and Agricultural Health located at the University of Saskatchewan and Kendra Ulmer is the manager of the Agricultural Health and Safety Network. This week the centre received a 1.5 million dollar donation to fund the purchase and operating costs of a new mobile unit that will travel around rural Saskatchewan. It's time now for the Commodities Update, and that's a presentation of Ducks Unlimited Canada. Ducks is offering a new winter wheat program package that will help with your crop's yield and water retention. The winter cereal program package comes with agronomic advice from seeding to harvest and more. Commodities Update. 
Canola futures closed down across the board today. November canola closed at $707 per metric ton, down $8.50. January canola closed at $716 per metric ton, down $8.30. December Minneapolis wheat closed at 708 and a quarter. That's down 38 and three quarters of a cent. December Kansas City wheat closed at 663 and three quarters, down 21 and a quarter cents. December Chicago wheat closed at 541 and a half, down 37 and a quarter cents. December corn closed at 476 and three quarters, down 11 and three quarters of a cent. November soybeans closed at 1275 per bushel, down 25 and a half cents. December oats closed at 432 and a half, down 12 cents. And that's the commodities update. Please stay tuned. Saskag today will continue right after these messages. Welcome back to Saskag today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's coming up on 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly to mainly sunny, winds west-southwest at 15 to 25 and a high of 20 degrees. For tonight, partly cloudy, winds northwest at 10 to 20, a low of 6. For tomorrow, partly sunny with a 50% chance of evening showers, winds east-northeast at 15 to 30 and a high of 19. For Sunday, a 40% chance of isolated showers, winds east at 20 to 35 and a high of 16. For Monday, a 60% chance of showers, heavy at times, a high of 16. Tuesday, a 40% chance of showers, then partly sunny, a high of 17. In the Paw, it's 12 degrees, Swan River is at 15, Dauphin and Show Lake Russell 18, Brandon 19, Roblin 16. Regina, Saskatoon, and Hudson Bay all reporting in at 15 degrees. Broadview, Mooseman, 21. Indian Head, 20. Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 17. The Yorkton, Melville region has a sunny sky, an east wind at 8 kilometers an hour. 61% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 16 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Saskag today. for today. Be sure to tune in again on Tuesday at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. CJGX Yorkton, a Harvard Media radio station serving Saskatchewan and Manitoba. We are GX94. Saskag Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.